Welcome, guys, to the MMOs.com podcast. This is Altai here uh, for episode 103, joined by... Omer. And that's it. Just the two of us once again. Uh, and here we go. Let's start off. And we're going to... Yep, yep, with a weekly raid like the, usual. It's yes, a good there one. it is. It's a good one. It's a doozy. It's a doozy. All right, here's a question. <laughs> Are you still hyped for Lineage Eternal? Now, this one has been an eternity in the making. It was supposed uh-huh. to be Lineage 3, and it was announced back in 2011. So it has been, it's been quite God, a while. It's been that long? It's been that long. Um, since, since Six the, years? Six years. Oh, my God. Six years. Uh and since then, actually, we've gotten a lot of new Lineage games, but they have been on mobile. And some of them have done very well. Uh, Lineage 2 Revolution is making over 100 what million a month in just South Korea. So uh, yes. that is, uh, so the Lineage franchise, and, and don't forget, NCSoft's biggest money maker to this day is still Lineage 1. Uh, remember, they only get royalties on Lineage Revolution. Because that marble is the is the creator of that one. So the lineage franchise is still alive and well, kicking, active, popular, growing. But for whatever reason, uh, lineage three here has has had a rough go at it. Um, so is anyone still hyped? Are you still hyped, Omar? Uh, I think the hype is dying down for me only because it's already been so long since we first heard about it. And having like I, I rewatched some of those trailers again and. It's. It doesn't seem like. It doesn't seem too ambitious. At first, I was kind of hyped about both Lost Ark and Lineage Eternal because they were really? both like, actiony and kind of cool. But seeing it, it doesn't seem to have the scale that you'd want in an MMORPG or kind of expect now. It feels almost like MMORPG light, and we've start. We've seen stuff like that with all the action, like instant space action MMORPGs. Even though Lineage Eternal is supposed to be more traditional with uh, persistent zones. But especially after reading the most recent news too, that did, did did they cam the guys working on it? Like, was there a big development just recently about pushing it back? Yes, there was in the NCSoft's latest uh, quarterly financial results. The CFO, Chief Financial Officer, for you guys out there in, in uh, business school, uh, <laughs> said actually that they actually fired the entire team of le- the, the developing leadership, developer leadership. All right. And they're starting over with a new map roadmap that's yet to be announced. So that that's is because it didn't meet their expectations or something. Yes, actually, it's a pretty good quote. Let me find that quote for you here. Um, all right, quote did not reflect NCSoft's characteristics. So uh, whatever. So here's a question for you guys and for you more. When I say the word, let's do some psychology. When I say the word NCSoft, what comes to your mind? Uh, I don't know. Creative RPGs, Blade Soul, Boob and Soul, uh, Lineage. Okay. Well, what are what are anti-soft characteristics? I, I, exactly. I don't know <laughs> what all that means, but clearly, Wildstar meets and exceeds those expectations, those characteristics, because that game is still going. <laughs> all right. Then I worry about the anti-soft characteristics over there. But what's odd is this came out very recently. This is like what, a couple weeks old at most. That they're going to push that back. They yeah. Fired, they they laid off a lot of the lead developers. Yeah, yeah. So yeah. it's definitely a you know a, a setback for the game. And earlier this year in February, we had some pretty great news about Lineage Eternal. Actually, uh, back then. NTSoft came out and released their 2017 schedule for gaming, right? And Lineage Eternal actually had their first round of closed beta testing. Uh, it was in 2016. And they were aiming for an open beta slash launch in 2017 in Korea. They were aiming yeah. for like a, a it was, legit launch this year. It was a playable closed beta. I'm showing some video mm-hmm. Stepara took, took here. He's always playing mm-hmm. these foreign games. Uh, I mean, honestly, if, if I saw this trailer, uh, 
and I didn't know what Lineage Eternal was, right? My first thought would be something like uh, Moo Legends. Uh, actually, I'm getting a kind of a Moo Legends vibe from this video. Um, I don't know. What's yeah. pretty surprising, too, is uh, the Western version of the game, it's actually, they did confirm back then that they're going to launch the mobile and PC versions simultaneously, as originally promised. So there is definitely some push for mobile with this game. It's not going to be just a PC game. Yeah, and that's why I was kind of surprised when you said you didn't think it was being ambitious or anything. Uh, I think it was. I think what what sunk this game is it was trying to be too ambitious. If 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 their goal with this game was just to make another mainline PC uh, lineage game, hardcore for fans, and then mm -hmm. spin spin off mobile games, that would have been a better route to go rather than try to make it you know multi platform uh, from the get go because that's that's complicated. And I don't think anyone's really pulled that off yet. Albion is trying. It's coming out mm -hmm. this year. We'll see if it pulls it off. But so far, no game that has launched, I don't think, has pulled that off. Uh, it's expectation. That, that's without the most, without a doubt, the most ambitious aspect of the game. If you can actually play it on both PC and mobile, and it plays like we're seeing in the gameplay videos, right? Yeah. That's going to be like a real mobile MMORPG. I think some of the biggest uh, like concerns for some of the, I guess, old school MMORPG players with mobile games is that all the mobile MMORPGs we've played so far really don't feel like than RPGs we're used to. It's almost like they remade the genre for mobile. And because of that, it feels like an automated, casual experience. Whereas what we're seeing in the Lineage Eternal video is it, it does feel like a traditional PC action MRPG. I just, I just wish that, I really wish I could have tried it, right? The mo like, there's a, if there was a mobile uh, beta for it, but I, I, I don't think there was actually yet. But if you can actually get that full experience on mobile, that could be a, a game changer. I hate using that word though, game changer, but it would really be a push towards real hardcore, you know, traditional and more PCs on mobile. I think it's worth taking a moment here to uh, take a look at what the original Lineage looked like. It came out, guys, in 1998. That's when Lineage 1 came out. Uh, and it, it was really a, you know, monumental game for its time. It's still with mm -hmm. us. Uh, I'm going to show some gameplay video here. Not the best quality, but it's to be expected from such an old game here. Oh, look at that beautiful... Look at this beautiful gameplay here, guys. Oof. Look at those pixels. I can see individual pixels <laughs> here. Actually, when you get a chance to show off that... uh, It's worth talking about the old lineage as well. Lineage and Lineage 2. They're both actually doing... Uh, lineage 1 is actually has fallen off a cliff in the last few months. Antisoft is... uh, Their cash cow has temporarily dried up, it seems. You can oh, pull yeah, up yeah. that PDF when you get a chance. Oh, I don't know why you gave me this PDF. I just linked the article and uh, you know what? I'm gonna find it through my own article. I got you, I got you, I got you. It's pretty crazy actually, because uh, you know, Lineage One has been like the big, big grower for NCSoft for a long there time. There you go. I got it, I got it, I got it. Alright, so yeah, so yeah. yeah, it's slightly down from uh, even compared to Q one of last year, right? Yeah, it's down more than slightly from seventy eight to uh, fifty one. So it's down quite a bit. And even like if you look at Blade and Soul, it's actually Blade and Soul is so close to like eclipsing it, right? Oh, you got it's only off by it. Yeah. It looks very close. And I'm, I'm actually glad. Like seeing Blade and Soul grow, like I know this is weird relationship people have with games they quit, right? Like, oh, it's so shit now, you know, because I don't play it anymore. But like, look, I don't play Blade and Soul anymore, but I had so much, I had a lot of fun with it. And like, I, I remember that game very fondly. But when I talk to people, it's like, you know, that used to play, like, oh, the game is shit now. It's like, I mean, they changed things, but it seems like an extreme to call it shit now. That's that's, that's always the vibe I get. I feel like MMORPG players are more salty than, like, the, your average gamer. That's true. That's true. <laughs>
Uh, you know, I like about this chart. That I know this, I know they did this a few uh, quarters ago, but they stopped listing Wildstar as a separate uh, mm-hmm. as a separate like line item game. Now it's just mm-hmm. bundled in with other sales, so that's always fun. I think the other sales includes all their mobile revenue royalties from lineage. Yes. yes. You no know, Red Knights, Revolutions, all their other lineage games, and whatever mobile games uh, tapped in there. Actually, they, I think they launched Lineage Mobile as well, and they're saying uh, Lineage M demand was low as well. And I'm sure when they launch Lineage Mobile, it's supposed to actually be just a remake of Lineage One. So that's going to draw away players from uh, Lineage One as well. Hmm. And yeah, Aeon Drop has been steadily going down slowly over, and this is only over like a year or so, and it's still it's still not a bad chunk of change. Aeon is their weakest game right now of their mainline titles. I mean, now that they got rid of Wildstar from individual reporting, Aeon is looking the weakest right now. Lineage Two is still surprisingly strong. Guild Wars Two is uh. Is, is pretty weak over there as well until they can sell in their expansion pack and get tons of money that way. But it's sad to see you know Guild Wars 2 doing so poorly. I mean, Guild Wars 2 is highly regarded in the West at least as one of the you know the premier like free to play RPGs now. Though it's technically buy to play if you want to get the expansion. But it, it's it's so it's sad to see you know it doing so poorly. I don't think people play Guild Wars 2 in Asia at all. This is almost exclusively a North American slash European game. As a rub, people were kind of questioning why it was doing. While Guild Wars 2 was lower than um, mm-hmm. you know, some of the other games, is because Guild Wars 2 is primarily a Western game, and the market here obviously is smaller for MMORPGs than it is in Asia. So it can't mm-hmm. really hold up against those Asian focused NCSoft titles. And just you know, a heads up for you guys if you convert those numbers to, uh, to US dollars, because they're all in millions of Korean won, it gets a bit complicated. I think it's about 12.7 million bucks is for uh, Guild Wars 2. And a good way to do it is almost basically just move the decimal point over. So if it's like 14,226, just assume 14 million. You'll be off by like 15%, but you get a good good gist of where the numbers are at anyway. But, you know, 14 million, I, I guess it's not a, for a big company like NCSoft, you know, it's a good chunk of change in revenue, but then they got to pay their expenses and whatnot. So not that much left over. All right. Well, let's shift gears here unless you got anything else to say about lineage. I think I really hope the firing of their developers and whatnot doesn't turn it into like a situation where it gets delayed for years. I think people want to play it. People are excited about it. Hopefully they can, you know, get a good product out and hopefully by the end of the year. I don't think they said they were going to change their release schedules or anything based on what I've read so far. But I'm hoping they don't change and hopefully. No, I think, I think they did. I said the road, they said the new roadmap is to be announced. So okay, I think so the new that... roadmap is coming out. So there goes a uh, 2017 release in Korea, I think. Yeah. It's being pushed back probably to 2018 in Korea. And then if we're lucky, if it's early, you know, because they're pushing it from 2017 to 2018, it might be early or mid-2018. And then American release will probably be another six months or eight, 12 months. So we'll probably see it in late 2018 or early 2019. So hopefully we still, you know, hype will still be there. But <laughs> I mean, I think what they have now is not going to work. Uh, it's too much like Moo Legend. It's too much like so many other games available right now. So I think it's going to be a while before... We see anything like Lineage Eternal or but, but, um, Do you think you know Lineage Eternal will be that much different and better than Moo Legend? I feel like everyone has this perception in mind is that Lineage Eternal is going to be great, right? Mm-hmm. But like Moo Legend is a pre- generally pretty solid game. Is it okay. is it going to be able to do that much more than Moo Legend? Well, that's, that's my point. If it can't, it won't. The NCSoft won't release it. Yes, yeah, makes sense. They kind of have a higher brand uh, expectation from Lineage than Moo, I guess. Mm-hmm. I mean, Moo is actually a big budget, big game too. If you look yeah, at, I think yeah, yeah. WebZen's earnings, it all comes from Moo, uh, Moo Online. 
Uh, Muon Lion is a big moneymaker for them. <laughs> Somebody said I'm no longer hyped for the game. Good job, guys. We don't, we don't need to get rid of the hype, guys. <laughs> hype is okay. Yeah, let us know if you're still hyped and what your thoughts are on uh, on the site here, guys, with a comment. Comments are always lovely. Makes me feel like the five minutes I took to write this weekly raid is all worth it. So please go ahead <laughs> and do that. I'll try to reply even, you know, if I like you. All right. Uh, so before we go further, I do want to cover uh, quickly the uh, Friday Grindfest we did, or you did this week. Uh, I, unfortunately, was indisposed. I was actually really sick. I had uh, food poisoning, I think. That's my that's my guess. I couldn't eat. I couldn't drink. I was just pooping every five minutes. So it was Omar just playing Kirita. Yeah. The problem was Erhan drank some uh, unpasteurized milk over here. I think that stuff is illegal in America for some reason. You can't buy unpasteurized milk in the supermarkets or anywhere. I think if you have a dairy cow yourself and you live on a farm, you can actually drink it legally. It's just you can't sell it. And in Turkey, those restrictions, I think some European countries too, you're allowed to just sell unpasteurized milk. And I'm not sure if it's safe or not. I, I got no idea what the deal is, but I think that was it because I don't think your body's used to. Yeah, that, that that's the that's what I ate that I I don't have in America. So that's the that's the working assumption is that's what got me all hot and bothered. So because of that, oh, I was yeah. I was dead. So Omar played Kirita. So tell us about that. I played Kirito Online. All right, that's that's the new name of the game, Kirito Online. But uh, this game it wasn't. I have mixed feelings about this one. Uh, people are kind of hyped for it. It's going to be published by In Mass. Uh, in close bit, it begins I think near the end of the month. But this is a unique situation where people can actually play the closed beta. Like people can actually play this game right now on the Southeast Asian version. So if you're curious about Critica, don't go out there and just buy the in mass version and like wait for the closed beta. Just play it right now. There is no IP blocks and nothing that will prevent you from playing on the Southeast Asian version. Your pings will be a little bit high, but you'll have a good feeling for what the game is all about. And then you can decide for yourself if it's worth uh, the money up front to pre-order it or get the founders pack and whatnot. But uh I played for a few hours and actually played a bit more after I uh, stopped streaming and I stopped recording. It's uh, It feels so much like Vindictus and Dragonest and all these games, RPL, Soul Worker Online. And it's really just, it feels just like Soul Worker, RPL, Dragonest. It's just, you have the persistent towns and instance dungeons and it's stage based. The combat is good. I think in a lot of these action MRPGs, the combat is generally pretty solid and it's no different with Critica. It's just that I've went through that loop so many times already. And beyond there's really nothing that was like stood out as like, holy shit, this is amazing. It's just it's the same process over and over again. Mm -hmm. If you've never played Vindictus, you've never played those other games, uh, Soul Worker and whatnot, like and this kind this kind of game is new to you, I think you'll find a lot to like in Critica. I mean, that's really the no, for people that never played games like this, it's okay. For everyone else, you've you've done it already. For and everyone that's else, why I feel like there's DFO. Yeah. No. <laughs> there's, there you go. There's DFO as well. I mean, DFO, <laughs> DFO and Vindictus, I think, are the the biggest games in this genre. So, honestly, you should probably play DFO or Vindictus if you want something 3D. Play Vindictus. You want something, you know, something else. Play DFO. But one thing that actually struck me in this game is actually very odd. And I wish I kept recording because it was like an hour after my, my YouTube video. I ran to this issue. The game actually is very generous with their cash shop currency and the Southeast Asian version. And that's because it's not too popular. So this game isn't like doing very well in Southeast Asia. Hmm. So it, it kind of makes me question why InMass is bringing it over to uh, North America. I, I suspect 
it's not going to do well. If it's not doing well in, in you know in one market already, which is there's no IP blocks, it's going to have issues here. But they're very generous with their cash shop currency to the point where you know the, it gives you a ton of free stuff when you first make your account, you start playing. And what's weird is I played for like an hour and a half, right? And my character is 900 HP and I'm level 15, right? So I just got my second, my second, my first job in the game. And I realized I have all this like cash shop clothing in my inventory, right? Like cosmetic clothing. So I equip it and then I'm blo- the cash shop currency, which is a cosmetic has stats on it. Like it, it says <laughs> it improves your stats in game. So I went from 900 HP and level 15. And when I put out all my cash shop uh, gear, which only lasts 30 days, it gets my HP to 2,700. Wow. I, no, 3,300, my bad. 30, it more than tripled my HP. And this, of course, applies for PvP as well. And the stats <laughs> you gain there are going to help you in PvP. And these are cash up uh, cosmetics. You cannot get these in game without, you know, the, the cash shop. And remember, before people start jumping pay to win, yeah, it's pay to win, 100%, right? But before people jump to conclusions, the, the in-mass version of the game may not be the same way, okay? I think Terra and in-mass have been pretty good with their cash shop selling exclusively cosmetics and non-game-breaking stuff, okay? So I think in-mass have been pretty good lately. So it's not fair to judge them based on what the Play Park in Southeast Asia did. But as soon as I hit that point in the Play Park version, the Southeast Asian version, like, oh, my God. It's like not only – I don't think pay-to-win is that big of a deal often, but it really ruined the game for me because it became so brain-dead easy. Like, the game was generally pretty easy anyway early on, but you ran to these boss levels where you'd be fighting a giant boss and you had to actually dodge their abilities. And if you didn't dodge their abilities, you got punished for it. You know, you died. You're like, you're like holy shit, I died. I got to, you know, I got, I got to try again and I beat it. So I, I, I had to try twice on one boss, right? It was, it was kind of cool to actually die because it made me want to get better at the game. But then when I put on the gear, I'm like, okay, I don't, I don't, I don't, I don't have to dodge any abilities. I just stand, stand next to him and keep, you know, hitting him. Who cares if he knocks me down? I, I just get my HP for free anyway. So I just face rolled the boss, and then it, it kind of ruined my own immersion by having all that cash up currency and having the OP, you know, pay to win gear. So what about the version you played here um, <clears throat> during, like, you know, the hour or so you played, even after mm-hmm. this, even after the stream? Was there any, was there any difficulty, or were you just steamrolling? No, what's the moment I got the cash up stuff? There was no mm-hmm. the, uh, complete, complete and Wait, utter steamroll. I'm, I'm, I'm talking about the one here, the version here. With the- okay, uh, the version here. Yeah, it yeah. was steamrolling until you got to the bosses, right? Not the end of the stage bosses. Okay. But they're like there's you know like low there was level eighteen. You know there's the one boss you can fight in each map. I think. It's just a boss. And once I fought that boss, I actually I I died. I couldn't beat that boss the first okay, one, okay, there, yeah, right? Yeah. And I realized like okay, you know I, I gotta actually worry about my shit. I gotta time my stuff. And I think. Maybe uh, it can't just be me, right? Because I think what, what gives MMORPGs, like what makes progression fun in MMORPGs, is when you hit an obstacle, right? And you die. It's only when you die does getting stronger mean anything. Maybe just a me thing, because a lot of games have gone the brain dead easy route. But it's when you when I died doing the blessed dungeon that I realized, okay, I got to get stronger. Getting stronger actually means something because I want to get stronger to overcome this challenge. And in this, when I died to that boss, like, okay, you know, this game was pretty brain that easy, but now I got to actually pay attention to what's going on and at least got to try dodging attacks, right? It's when you hit these difficulties, you actually want to get better. And I wish more games put those difficulty roadblocks in your way, even if it's like an optional boss or something. But give me something that actually I have to overcome through either grinding a lot or outskilling. Don't just let me face roll through all the content until I get to max level. And then you can add some challenging content there. That's, that's my biggest gripe with modern RPGs. 
Okay, with all that said, what are your hopes or what are your thoughts on the level of success and popularity this game will enjoy uh, here when it comes out? I think people initially play it because uh, in mass will push it to everyone that played Terra. But honestly, I think Terra is a better game. Just go play Terra instead. <laughs> or, yeah. or if you all play this kind of game, go play Vindictus or DFO. You, you know uh, I don't think this game is special. You know what I found funny? Or what I still mm. find interesting is why does Ter the guys that make Terra, right? Blue Hole mm. or and, and mass, whoever's publishing yeah. it. Okay. Um, why do they feel compelled to publish awful Korean, old awful Korean games all of a sudden? Like, aren't they also doing Alliance of Valiant Arms? Yeah, unbelievable. Pretty random, right? Why are they bringing these old games? You know. Yeah. Like, why is uh the guys behind Terra? Why do they publish or you know license this awful uh shooter from like nineteen? Hold on, hold on. I'm gonna defend Alliance of Valiant Arms for a moment here, okay? I had a lot of fun with AVA, and I have at least like at least three hundred hours into it, like over over the, the you know the years I played it. All right, it's not that much, right? Because I was still playing Counter Strike back Dude. then as well. Just because you enjoyed it back then, it doesn't mean it's, it's. Look, if you licensed it in two thousand and seven, if you if you licensed this in two thousand and seven, right? Yeah. I can say, oh, you know, whatever. It's a free game. It's fun. But if you license this in two thousand and seventeen, come on, it's this game is this game is stale. This is a moldy, it's a moldy FPS. All right, we, we got to make a new hashtag. <laughs> hashtag moldy FPS. All right, this is a, <laughs> this one's falling apart. All There's right? a lot of moldy FPS games out there. I mean, this is right. something else. Look at it. I'm, I'm I'm showing some gameplay. It's just buggy and it just looks crunchy. All right, let's, let's test your numbers. All right, this game is available on Steam. How many people are playing? You think right now? How many people are playing this game? Uh, a hundred. Wow, you are exactly right. It is literally 100 players online at this moment. Hey, that's why. That's why I host a podcast about MMOs. All right, I know my numbers. <laughs> that's why you got the. That's why you no. set the crown on your icon too. <laughs> Holy shit! You are yeah. You are on on money on the money there. But look, I had fun with this game. But I agree, it's kind of silly for for you know, in mass to decide to publish AVA. They did. I think they they bought it. They took over the license of area games, and they've actually I think um they've got they've added permanent weapons. They've addressed a lot of the issues that people did have with the game. So as a publisher, right, I have hope for uh, in mass to do right by Critica, right? It's not going to be a pay-to-win nonsense the way the Southeast Asian version is. I think as a publisher, in mass knows what's going on. They, they know what their players want, and they're not going to try to milk them like crazy, which we've seen a lot of other publishers do. It just I, I completely agree with you that it's silly for them to start bringing these older Korean games over here. Like, why Critica and why AVA? Neither game is new. Obviously, Critica is a bit newer, but let's find out when Critica even came out. Why looked it up? It's I always find it funny. Like the, the I, I guess it's like the the desire to like make an empire, right? They have one successful game, and now they think they want to be a publisher all of a sudden and have like a, a collection of games, you know? Um, you know, you know what's, what's funny? Yeah, Tryon did this with uh, I think with that what was that what was a bad Diablo clone? Oh, Davillion. Uh, Davillion. <laughs> like what? What was the point of publishing that? But whatever. Oh, you go ahead. Actually, again, I do think this empire building mentality that a lot of these publishers have is pretty. You see it all the time, actually. I think the biggest one, the the, the rise and fall of an MMO publisher, right? It was Games Campus. Games Campus, like almost completely captures exactly what you described, right? They've had one successful game, like literally ten years ago, right? It was shot online. They had this golfing MMO, which is not even that big, right? But they monetize really well, and through that game. They, they expanded like crazy, right? They had so many games. They they published um, right now. By the way, their only game is shot online. But through the years, they they had equal tactics. They had Asta, not A S T A A S D A. They had a game called Tank Ace. 
They had MLB Dugout Heroes, Scar Legacy, Fishing Champ, Zaya Rebirth, Manga Fighter, Asta 2, Rumble Fighter, RF Online, Nine Dragons, Drift City. They had so many games in their portfolio. And one by one, they all shut down. And all that's left at Games Campus is the game they started with. Freaking Shot Online. It's crazy. They, they all decide because they have one game. They're like, okay, we're going to publish a million games now and we're yep. going to become a diversified game publisher. No, you're not. Just stick with your one game or at least be more picky on your you know, games. And then even the guys behind RuneScape, they published like this awful Chinese browser game for a while uh, and then they shut it down because it was too embarrassing. They got the, they cringed themselves out of, out of the game. They pub, are you talking about the pay to win strategy one or something else? Yeah, that one, that one, no. Yeah, there was a browser game. It was this, it was, yeah. Pay to win mix of RPG and strategy, <clears throat> and it was awful. And it, of course, it shut down. Yeah. Like, RuneScape, like, Jagex, you're good with RuneScape, right? Just keep working on RuneScape. Don't, like, don't distract yourselves with other games. Honestly, your game is big enough that, like, making other games and focusing on other games is, is going to be, like, insulting to your current players. Like, just work on your current game. All right. People will love you for your current game. And that, that's why, at least, like, Mega props to Riot Games for sticking with League of Legends, you know? Like, they're called Riot Games, plural, but, like, they haven't released a shit ton of games. They haven't decided to publish a million games and lose focus. So it's... Yep. They, gotta, they gotta focus. Or, like, don't... Here's a, here's a more important thing. You can obviously you can expand, right? But do it with the same mm -hmm. quality that people expect of your main product, okay? Like, mm -hmm. RuneScape... Sh uh, Jagex should not have published a Chinese cash and grab browser game, okay? Like that <laughs> that wasn't the way to and same with same with um with this game right here that you're seeing still, Alliance of Valiant Arms. If you wanna if you wanna publish a shooter or publish another game, find a find like a new shooter, like a like a, a, like an upcoming project. Don't don't find a game from like 10, 20 years ago and just slap it up and see what happens and get a hundred guys on Steam and that's it. You know, what is the point of that? Like, <laughs> I don't know. Uh there it is. What's crazy too is uh Terra, we were talking about Terra earlier. Uh, what's crazy is Metin 2 has more players online than Terra right now. Metin 2. Another word, another one like, worth showing on stream here. Metin 2 is, it's truly remarkable how successful this game is and how old it is now. I think it launched with an all-time peak, it launched on Steam within the last like two weeks. Uh, 8,000 peak players, but you can show off the gameplay too. It's, this game is unusually popular in Europe and Turkey. Uh, Turks have the worst taste in MMORPGs. They love playing uh, Night Online. They love playing Metin 2. And they love playing Wolf Team. So thanks to uh, Turkey for boosting Metin 2 on Steam. Maybe uh, maybe the Edmas was hoping that AVA would be like uh, Metin 2, right? Because they're both bad games. So they're like, well, maybe, <laughs> we, maybe we'll throw this one up and see what happens. <laughs> <laughs> I guess they can hope for a crazy success. Yeah, I love I love this overspawn of wolves in this video. <laughs> it is insane. Like you go outside town, you look around. Like it's really like Flife had that as well. Flife for fun. When you go outside town, you, you there's overspawns of enemies. There's literally legions and legions of enemies in like single camps. I think we, we you know a lot of modern games kind of did away with that. Speaking of uh, you know. modern shooters, potential modern shooters. Mm -hmm. Uh, another game was playable this week, uh, and it's still playable, right? Until uh, the twenty first. Until the twenty first. So if you guys haven't tried it, maybe it's worth trying. Quake Live. No, excuse me, Quake Champions, not Quake Live. <laughs> this game is in no uh, beta. Uh, it will be free to play, even not a beta. And what it is 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 a uh, is an old school uh, Quake style. Well, it is Quake game FPS with a few new 
uh, fad elements thrown in. The whole classes, I guess, or characters you can pick. And then each one has, like, an ability, right? And different, like, stats, like health and, and shield and stuff. Mm. Honestly, from what I played, I loved the feel of it, right? The game felt nice. It looked nice. It was fluid. You know, when you when you move the mouse, everything everything looks right and feels nice. But I don't think the, the abilities and characters added anything to the game. Uh, it's the most, like, copy. Like, it's like they built a great game with the core mechanics, right? And they just added these fat elements to the game, which, like, it just it didn't make any sense like I, I the more i played and the, the more i just wished there weren't any abilities and i wished all the characters had the same stats and i could get the whole quake experience again because that game just made me want to play quake live or quake 3 like that's <laughs> what i wanted to play after playing for like an hour or two of fucking quake champions just, it gave me the urge to play quake live personally yeah the abilities just didn't add anything to the game and it, it distracted from the game too and it, it was frustrating yep i didn't use my ability at all and the funny thing is, in this game, guys, you get one character for free, and the other ones you can buy with money, or you can rent them with in-game money. So it just adds a layer of, like, complexion and, and kind of, like, excuse-making, like, and, and, and has some validity to it, because, like, I'm, I got a, I'm, you know, I have a shotgun, the other guy's got a shotgun, but he's, like, a lizard man with twice my health, like, pool. So, like, it, mm-hmm. like what's the point of that? Like, it, it just makes, like, a whole experience... You know, Quake's supposed to be about skill, like, player skill, right? Not this, mm-hmm. you know, it's not, like, stats. Like, stats is for, like, you know... I don't know. Not for Quake. Not so, for Quake. Not for Quake. But, I mean, in their defense, they're trying to balance it. You know, they're saying if you're if you're the Lizard Man, you got like 50% more HP, right? But you have uh, maybe a slightly bigger hitbox. You have slightly lower movement speed. And that supposedly can make, you know, balance it out. But let's be real. It is impossible to balance uh, these games perfectly anyway. And you add more variables to it like that. It's imp- Forget it. I mean, I, it's insane. There, there won't be any balance. And it's just going to make it more complicated, and it doesn't add anything, anything to the game. I just wish I could play with all that shit turned off, and I would love to keep playing it. They just turn all that shit off. And I have a theory. I think uh, Bethesda made the game free to play because they didn't like how it turned out. Really? I, I don't think this was almost like designed to be free to play. I feel like Bethesda doesn't really do free to play. Like, I think they're only free to. What, do they have any free to play games? Quick, besides? quick, quick! Live is free. That, that's a remake of Quake 3 from, like, God knows, 15 years ago. Yeah. There's that card game they have, right? What card? I don't know. I don't know no card game. The, the Elder Scrolls card game. Oh. Okay, but again, yeah, yeah. yeah all, all those card games are free. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. But whatever. But I don't... I think they made this game... They're going to make... They're going to sell it for, like, an upfront fee. And they realize, wait, this game isn't very good. Let's just make it free to play. And that's, like, our excuse, you know. If we don't sell it for... It might, it might catch on. It might not catch on. But we'll hope, you know... We'll make it free to play so people don't really feel salty about it if they bought it or whatever. And they'll have the optional, you know, pay one scale the heroes. But yeah. that's my that's yeah. my thoughts on it. I I wish they didn't have those abilities. The game would be so much more fun, IMO. Do you think Do you think it go ahead? Oh, I was gonna say, um, you know, I got a nostalgia kick out of it, even with the new stuff. But do mm-hmm. you think today's gamers are gonna be interested in this kind of game? We haven't seen a game like this in a while because again, it is a it is a throwback to old school Quake to old school Arena FPS. I mean, the only other game vaguely like it was Lawbreakers, but I don't think Lawbreakers is even feels the same way. Like, it's hard to explain it. They're both kind of fast paced, but I would say Quake Champions feels a little bit quicker. Mm-hmm. And between the targeting and how quickly you die, Quake feels like an actual arena shooter because you actually pick up the weapons on the ground. Whereas yeah. in Lawbreakers, you know, you're playing your character. It's still you know. It's almost like a mix between Overwatch and Quake, 
where Quake is just the straight up arena shooter. No, I, I don't. There's, there's nothing else like it. I don't know if it's going to appeal to gamers today, people today. I mean, there's a lot of nostalgia. It's going to pull a lot of nostalgia, right? I think a lot mm-hmm. of nostalgia people. Nostalgia will bring people to try the game. I, I question whether people are you know, and the mainstream will adapt though. Here's another question. Yeah, some, yeah, go ahead. Is it going to be on Steam or will it only be on their Bethesda launcher? Their Bethesda launcher, I think. That's at least not going to help. At first. At first. At that's at that's first. not going to help. I'll tell you that. No. You know. Actually, Veles mentioned Unreal Tournament. I think uh, Unreal Tournament is actually the only other modern-day arena shooter. I mean, we've played Unreal Tournament from uh, you know the. It still feels like the game is unfinished, but that's the only other actual arena shooter, traditional old-school arena shooter out there. But I don't think Unreal Tournament does very well on player base numbers either. I mean, it's been in like beta for a long time, and it doesn't have a giant player base. But I, I think that game is more fun than Quake Champions. Yeah. I mean, you know, someone in chat is questioning whether Quake was ever mainstream. Uh, I think it was. I think, you know, when Quake Arena came out, um, I think a lot, of, you know, a lot of kids in school played it, you know. So it wasn't, it wasn't something only like the, the nerds played. It was anyone who played games, basically, played Quake 3. At it least had an esports scene, all right. Yeah. That came in an esports scene back in the day. Yeah. <laughs> well, speaking of the other game you mentioned, Lawbreakers, uh, they mm-hmm. are going to release their next uh, closed beta on mm-hmm. uh, May 18th to the 21st. So you only have three days to play it starting tomorrow. If you haven't played it yet, um, kind of odd. This one's taking a while to release. I feel. I think. I think they're dragging their feet there. Do you think Lawbreakers are going to have trouble with Quake Champions being free to play and this costing money? That's what people were saying. Uh, after playing both, I think less so. So before Me I too. before mm-hmm. I played Quake uh, Champions, I thought it would be it would it really hit Lawbreakers in the gut. Now I don't know. I don't I don't I don't believe that anymore. They're they're different enough actually that 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 probably won't be an issue. But based on, you know, looking at the player-based drop-off numbers from when Lawbreakers did their beta, I think, back in March, it was one of those games people just didn't stick with. They played it for, like, a day, and then nobody logged in again. Like, day, like day one, I think it was, like, 1,600 players on average. One day later, it goes to, like, 1,200, and then one day later, 600, and then 400. Like, the player-based drop-off was so high. Mm-hmm. I'm hoping maybe they can turn that around and do something. But I, 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 it didn't do it for me, Lawbreakers. I feel like FPS... Is, is hella like incredibly saturated too. There's so many shooters out there. I mean, you're competing with the biggest games ever. Like, I think FPS games are probably the most mainstream of video games. What do you say? Yes, yes. Like, it's literally the game everyone can play and everyone does play. So I, I don't know if Lawbreakers has any like pull. If it was free to play, I think it'd get people to try it. But I, I don't know. I, if it's like five bucks, yeah, fine. Five bucks is basically close enough to free to play in my heart that like, yeah, you know, people might play it. But and like anything above five bucks, I wouldn't play it personally. But I'm sure there's some, you know, big Lawbreakers fans out there that already pre-ordered the game. Don't mean, you know, just my thoughts. I'm going to play Overwatch. I'm going to play other games. Lawbreakers isn't for me. Well, you will at least have another data set for your little uh, experiment there on the drop off with the betas. Mm-hmm. So we'll see how it does. Um, they're adding a new class or character, Wraith. Which is like a, apparently a ninja style class, and what I found interesting, the new uh, mode they're adding is called Blitzball. <laughs> no, so Wait, somebody's a big fan of uh, Final Fantasy X, I guess, over at the Lawbreakers team. <laughs> I, I can respect that. I can respect that. Here, here's a minor issue with Lawbreakers. I thought there was only one really interesting character in the game, 
the mm. character with the with the melee weapon, the two swords, and the whip, so you can fly around with crazy mobility. That felt like a really well designed character, which was really cool, right? And every other character in the game just felt like pretty generic and uninspired. That was like the one really awesome thing about the game. I think if the cast of characters in the game were like six, seven characters like that, equally well designed, interesting, and different, and played like unique. Yeah, the game has a great chance, and it might be able to, you know, do really well. But because there was only one character, I thought that had that soul, that had that, you know, uniqueness to it. That was it. And I think, hopefully, I'm not the only one that thinks that either. But that's that's the way I felt. Yeah, honestly, Fortnite. Fortnite. Yeah, <laughs> man, this so many games, guys, are just in development hell. I I remember when I first heard of Fortnite, I was I rushed to do the preview page on it, right? And I was I was so excited because it looked cool. I think we need more co-op games. You know, I think that's one of the one of my favorite genre. You know, type of games, just playing co-op. Uh, so I was excited for Fortnite. Uh, it's been so many years. I just kind of gave up on that one okay. as well. I, I honestly forgot what Fortnite is about. It's something with zombies, right? And like tower it's, defenses or building some stuff. It's a cartoony um, survival game. Survival, and then you work with your, you know, with like three or four. I think three people, so four people total, uh, and you mm-hmm. just defend against uh, against AI coming at you. All right. Here's a fun. Here's a fun question for you. How long is a fortnight? Fourteen days, two weeks. All right. Yeah, you got it. All right. Well, I'm pretty good. I didn't know my, that. My number. I knew that. My numbers are on ball, on the point. All right. Don't 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 question my numbers. All right. All right. You, what is the Roman numeral for one thousand seven hundred forty-two? Oh no. I I only do. I only uh, do. Uh, I only do Indian numerals. All right. All right. <laughs> Roman numerals get co- kind of complicated after like a hundred or a thousand. One of those. The, the, you start putting like C's in there, the CVs, X's. It becomes a mess, a hot mess. No one knows what's going on. <laughs> yeah. So we do need more co-op games. So if you uh, if you know any good ones, uh, let us know. Mm-hmm. I'm tired of I'm tired of playing Left 4 Dead over and over again. You know. <laughs> <laughs> we should mention our. The Kickstarter MRPG of the week here. Uh, oh, Ashler Creation! They're hitting bigger, bigger, and bigger numbers. Bigger and better numbers. All right, link link it up. I'm gonna. All right, let's take a look. See what they're at, guys. Uh, my bet is gonna be uh, my my. I initially said like 2.1, 2.25. I was way off. They're already up to two million bucks. Yeah, it looks like I'm gonna win that bet. Uh, remember, if they go over three, I win that bet, and I I yeah. intend to collect these bets. All right, these bets are gonna be collected from now on. Ash to the scan. Here's the, like, this actually makes me, like, it it shows us there's still so much hype and demand for a great game. And it really saddens me that we don't have any big budget, like, ambitious Western MRPG in the works. Really, the only game, the only thing on the horizon that could potentially, like, really reinvigorate interest in MRPGs in the West is Star Citizen. And it's not good when you're relying on Star Citizen to kind of, like, reignite the genre. Because Star Citizen, who knows what's going to happen with that? And beyond that, there's nothing. There's, you know, it's almost like Western MMORPG companies outside of indies have given up on this genre. Because, you know, we're not seeing anything. There's nothing else on the horizon. We have expansion packs for, you know, the existing games. You know, you have the uh, ESO expansion coming out next month or you know, soon. You have the Stormblood coming out soon. But there's really no other new big Western MMORPG. But I think the demand is still there. I feel like too many companies have looked at like all the failed MRPGs, like so many Korean and Chinese MRPGs tried launching and they all flopped and like, oh wait, there's no money in MRPGs anymore. But no, those are all shitty Korean and Chinese MRPGs that flopped. Get some real games, you know? Like 
ESO took like $100 million to make. It was one of the most expensive MMORPGs ever developed. But it's still pretty big. I think the game is still making money for them. So if you make a good game, big Western company makes a good game, you'll make money. You know, Star Wars Old Republic was a ginormous cost, over $200 million to make, one of the most expensive MMORPGs ever, if not the most expensive. And it's still making good money for EA after all these years. The beauty of a good MMORPG is it can create a revenue stream for these companies that last like 5, 10, 15 years. So there's money in MMORPGs. We just need good MMORPGs, not Dukers. I'm tired of all the Dukers. I, I think we have to wait for this phase of like these kickstarted games uh, to kind of boil over, whether you know release into mediocrity or just fail to release, like especially Star Citizen. I think... Star Citizen is attracting a lot of the big guys, right? The big backers, yeah. the big uh, enthusiasts, right? So we got to wait for that ship to crash, and people have to bail that one. And then, and then maybe a few years then. Uh, yeah, I think it'll be a few years until uh, until a big boy goes back into <laughs> the genre. And look at like uh, Critica again. Look, I I think I was pretty generous about the game. I think it's a half, it's a decent game, right? Because like the mechanics are there, right? But there is no chance, there is zero chance on God's green earth that game will do like anything meaningful in revenue anything meaningful in moving the needle in the genre it's nothing special there's no soul in that game it's just it's just it it just feels like another action game with it is nothing innovative there there's nothing pushing the genre in but any direction that, that's why you got a throwaway korean game that's the it's a, it's a it's a decent throwaway Korean game that, that you can play for like a week or two. That's why you need to give your money to Ashes of Creations. From the Ashes, okay, they're gonna create something here. Uh, the average guy has given one hundred eighty dollars to this project, so they're really going for they're getting the high end per uh, per user here. That's that's a pretty impressive. Mm -hmm. let, me, let me see what if they've sold out all of all of their no no. They, I think they're adding new um, early bird tears because i'm pretty sure they sold out of some of these craigfish says uh if he thinks if star citizen fails it's gonna be even worse for the mo scene being that it's the biggest crowdfunded if it fails it's gonna make a lot of people mad and but i think it's gonna turn off a lot of people from if starts and fails it'll turn off a lot of people from backing uh kickstarter projects or crowdfunding which is obviously a negative for the for the developers out there that, that can use the platform well but i think uh it's I, I hope it doesn't crash. I mean, there's still hope for Star Citizen. I mean, I'm not, you know, I, I've been negative on the game, but I'm not, you know, saying it's over. They, they, they can maybe still release a great game, and I'm hopeful. I hope it does happen. I don't know, man. I, I'm more and more on the Derek Smart side of things. I think that, I think that How one can is... You be, Derek Smart is crazy. No, but like, look, we were talking in the pregame about Star Citizen backers being literally nuts about defending their game to the death, right? But the other side of that equation is Derek Smart, who is literally has sees you know he's the salt runs so deep in his veins that this guy like almost like he wakes up he's got to check if Star Citizen website is still up he goes to Star Citizen on his phone in his bed as soon as he gets up and praying that the website is down because they can't afford the hosting bills. This guy is so like addicted to bashing Star Citizen and and saying it's nothing's gonna happen like that's like the other side of the extreme. It's not healthy to be that obsessed with the game. I think you're just you're you just salty. You're just salty that he banned you on or he blocked you on Twitter. You know that's 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 a problem. <laughs> he did block me on Twitter, and I've never even tweeted to the guy. I'm actually kind of glad that he he had he at least you know he took he took a moment to block me. Right, that means he must have heard something in the podcast, me saying something negative about him. So he he heard me. So it's okay. Well, he follows me. All right, interesting. <laughs> He follows you. He, uh, he blocked me. I think he's one of my. I think he's one of my like two 
um, verified users who follow me on Twitter. So I got, I got have two. Who's, who's the other guy? Some some random writer or something. Uh, well, I don't think I have any verified people following me. So Ripperino, that, that's actually pretty cool. I, I'm gonna, that's like a little mini game you can play on Twitter. See how many verified accounts follow you. There you go. I'm beating you. <laughs> it's like your Pokédex, you know. You gotta collect all the verified accounts. <laughs> Derek, smart. Use confusion. <laughs> He's smart though. He can't be confused. He's resist, resist the confusion. All right. But look, the success of Active Creations Kickstarter campaign. It shows everyone, and I hope like other Western developers see this. It shows there's demand for something out there that's different. It's going to do something in more in the MRPG genre. I mean, given again that we see that anime that's based on you know the Chinese anime based on MRPG, the success of like Sword Art Online, there's still so much social cachet and interest in MRPGs. Look at Westworld. Isn't Westworld like basically some kind of MMO? Like they're playing. You watch Westworld. So yeah, yeah, yeah. It's like a theme one. park. It's like a what, what you know. Okay, they can yeah. basically do, do. They can do whatever they want in the theme park. It's an MMO. Okay, yeah, they're in the MMO okay. world. Okay, the it's real life though. It's uh, MMORPGs are there. I just, I really hope we get another big company that does something with it. But there's nothing on the horizon for like any of the, you know, Western giants has been announced. Nothing from Blizzard. Nothing from EA. Nothing from any. We're getting more mobile, mobile, well, mobile releases. I got some hype for you. You want some hype? You want to dash? I want hype? some hype. Oh, Give me some hype. Okay, so just today. Uh, so very timely, Crowfall uh, dropped a big one. This is going to be a buy-to-play uh, throne battle simulator or something, okay? So basically, it's an MMORPG, but there's m multiple planets, right? Instances. The planets are instances that last months, many months. And so you got to fight on those planets, and then the world eventually, you know, somebody wins, right? So but there's also a permanent uh, world that just stays there, so you don't lose your progress or anything. Anyway, so this game released a big update today. Um, well, not a update. They're not actually out yet, but uh, <laughs> I guess uh, announcement of some changes. And number one is the graphics. So finally, the game doesn't look like shit. This game is based on uh, Unity. It's built on Unity, and I I've saw some gameplay from like a year ago, and it looks so like simple. I'll show you guys what it looked like mm -hmm. before. First, let me show you what it looks like now. So this is uh, this is on Unity. And interestingly, I read the release, and uh, if you guys are interested in the game, you should go ahead and read the release. They actually pulled people, they worked with people that work at the company, Unity, to optimize their client uh, and performance for this. Uh, so, you know, so that's pretty impressive. They pulled the actual people from the engine uh, to work on this. And it looks it looks pretty good for a Unity game, I got to say. Remember, Unity is the game that all, uh, the Hearthstone is made on and all those mobile games. Mm -hmm. So, it's a pretty big change. Let me show you this. <clears throat> at least that game is at least uh, doing something different. Uh, I am a bit optimistic on Crowfall. Though, based on, okay, I haven't played Crowfall or any of the betas, right? At least it's doing something different, but it doesn't seem like it has the same scale that we've kind of grown to expect in like the bigger MRPGs. I'm hoping the, it, it almost feels like it has MRPG elements, but it's mm -hmm. something that can be played like in and out, kind of like COD almost, where you have these rounds and stuff, right? That who uh, the, wins that round. But the rounds are like three months. True. You know, or, you know, they're pretty long months here, or, or rounds. Oh, look at these trebuchets. I, I praise them for doing something different. I'm, I'm optimistic on Crowfall. They did, they did crowdfunding as well, but I think they're making more progress towards uh, eventual release. Though I think the... What was the release date for Crowfall? When are they aiming to release? The, uh, I, when are they aiming to release? release? I don't think so. I think they had a beta date. But anyway, for, uh, but the old, yeah, the, probably TBD still, unfortunately. But the, the first crowdfunding game like this is going to be Albion. That game is actually going to happen. And I do think Albion at least 
kind of fits my bill of a, at least a Western developed, you know, a unique game. Really? It's not just another throwaway concept. I think this, I think Crowfall's concept is way deeper. It's a much bigger game than Elbion. I think Elbion looks much smaller in my opinion. And here, I'm showing some graphics now of mm-hmm. what a Crowfall looked like before. Like this was uh, the early uh, stuff and it looks a lot better now. So there you go. I'm trying to find out when Crowfall's coming out. I kind of I, I, I want to try it. Right, while you look at that, let me tell. Let me just talk a little bit about. Okay, here's an actual video, guys, of what it looked like before, rather than just screenshots. All right, this guy's talking. Here we go. So this is what the game looked like before. It, it's it looked pretty simple, you know. Uh, another big thing they got rid of uh, characters, archetypes. So before there was like a centaur, right, and it was a male like uh, melee centaur, right. That was one of the classes you could pick. Um, they got rid of that, and now there's a classic uh, races and classes, so you can mix and match. Uh, so you don't have to play an assassin who's you know who's one specific race, like a character, mm-hmm. you know. So that's better now. Look at these sick graphics, what? guys. Uh, Crawfall still has some hope for us. Crawfall uh, has potential. No, we had a that they they raised crowdfunding money actually. You could have, uh, yeah. I think they they were the ones that actually raised money on a site called Microventures. You could actually you could have actually invested in their in their actual game. You know, not like a Kickstarter style investment. You could have actually gotten paid for it too. Like you could have made an investment and gotten uh, returns. It was actually pretty cool. I, I I didn't give them any money though. I did I did look at their prospectus though, which is kind of cool. They have a big guy behind them, uh, Gordon mm-hmm. Walton. He's executive producer. Ultima Online, Star Wars Galaxies. Um, wow. And The Sims Online. You know, that one maybe not so good. That, but... that was uh, that was the crown achievement right there. Yeah, but uh, so yeah, they got some big boys. They raised money. Uh, and the game looks like it's coming out. You know, this one was only announced in 2015, right? So it's only been two years for this one. Mm-hmm. And, you know, they're a lot further along than, you know, uh, Lineage Eternal, let's say. <laughs> <laughs> so, Crowfall, I'm, I'm pretty excited. Hopefully I get to play this one when it releases i'm optimistic as well so at least there's, there's at least one you know big western game that's at least trying something a bit different it's well then again maybe not big because it's still you know pretty indie and crowdfunded and uh if you guys wanna, can't wait, wait if you guys can't wait to play this game uh there's a test coming out may 20th uh you can only play the test if you buy a a lovely founders pack though which will cost you 70 dollars. so there you go all right I want to talk a bit about uh, a game called Entropia Universe, all right? I want oh, to God. talk about my experience with this game, all right? So a little bit of context for you guys. Uh, Entropia Universe uh, reached out, and they wanted me to do a video for their game, all right? And, you know, they actually offered me money to do it. I'm like, holy shit, they're going to pay me money to make a video? Hell yeah, you know? Uh, my rule with any kind of sponsored videos is uh, disclosure, and I'm going to be, you know, I don't take any kind of sponsored video if they tell me what I can and cannot do in the video, right? They can't be like, oh, you can't say this. You have to say this. Like, that's a no-go. If anybody, if anybody says that, I will not do a video for their game. Or I'll just do my video my own way regardless, right? But they said basically I could do whatever I want. So I'm like, okay, cool. I'm going to do my regular first look video for this game. And uh, I tried playing it, right? Because uh, you have to look at the tutorial for an hour before I can actually show any content in the game. So I was playing in Tropic Universe. And it's such a... Like, in order to get started in this game, for a free-to-play user, it is literally... I would not wish it upon my worst enemies. So small context, the game is uh, it's just sci-fi and more PG. It has like, a cash economy. There's no in-game currency besides something called PED, which is basically US dollars, okay? Like 100 
PED is equal to $10. It's a 10 to 1 ratio. It's all US dollars in game. So in order to buy a gun in the game, you need to spend $4. Four real life dollars to buy like a pistol in the game. So in order to, if you're a free player, you don't start with a gun. You have to basically sweat. So you walk up to these dinosaurs in the starting area and you gather their sweat. And it takes an <laughs> hour to gather, um, two and a half hours to gather a thousand sweats. A thousand sweats sells for 20 cents, okay? So you, you grind for two and a half hours of gathering sweat and you get to sell this dinosaur sweat for uh, you know 20 cents. So 40 hours of grinding later, you can get enough money to buy a gun. So you have 40 hours of collecting dinosaur sweat. I kid you not, 40 hours. And that's that ratio of 2.5 hours to get a thousand sweats is if you're a master sweater. You got the best sweating skill in the game, right? You have to like practice for a long time to get that. No, if you're a newbie sweater, it should take you like 50, 60, 70 hours, right? So the only reason they have that is to like pretend like, oh, you can play this game without spending money. No, you can't. It's impo- Unless you're willing to work for 20 cents an hour, like 10 cents an hour for 50 hours to buy a goddamn gun, you'll never be able to get anything anywhere in the game. And you have to buy ammo too, right? You have to get ammo in the game. And you don't, if, if you, you can't waste your bullets killing shitty animals because the bullets are expensive, right? You got to use the bullets to kill like difficult enemies. Otherwise, you're wasting your bullets, which you have to sweat for how many goddamn hours to get anyway. It's like it was. It's totally nuts how this game works. Oh, someone asked if this is Planet Calypso. Uh, uh, yes. Yeah, Planet Calypso and Entropia Universe the same. Planet Calypso is a planet in Entropia Universe. It's it's the same game. Uh, people, it, I do want to. You know, I'm hesitant to call the game. The game is sketchy, by the way, because after um, after playing this game, I'm like, I'm not doing a video for this game. I don't want your money. They offered me 500 bucks, by the way. 500 buckaroos. I was like, holy shit. That's, that's 500 bucks. I, I ended up turning it down because the game was uh, bullshit. You know, I, I would not wish anyone to sweat dinosaurs for 20 hours to buy a gun. Okay, I can't do it. And what also turned me off in the game was it was a bit sketch. Okay, because the whole real world, world economy in the game it doesn't operate the same way it does in Second Life. Okay, this, in Second Life it also has a cash economy, but everything is kind of set by supply and demand. The value of the in-game currency in relation to the U.S. dollars. Is determined by supply and demand, and the, you know, in the game is market. There's a forex market in that game for you know dollars to lindens. Whereas uh, in Entropy Universe, it's a fixed exchange ratio that the company themselves control. So they actually sell you the money directly, and then when you cash out, they'll buy your money back. You're not selling your in-game currency to other players. You're selling it back to the company. And the hmm. problem is, there's right now. Uh, I looked at the annual report for the company that makes this game called Mindark, right? So Mindark actually has uh, they're they're trying to be I think. They're trying to be listed somewhere, so they publish their annual reports every year. In the 2016 annual report, the company has uh, equity or net cash. If they, you know, their cash position is about like three million dollars, right? They have three million bucks, and that's after paying the other debts. But then they owe 12 million. They have 12 million dollars of in-game currency right now sitting on player accounts. 12 million dollars of PED sitting on players' accounts. So, so if all 12 million, pe- if those guys all tried withdrawing that money. It couldn't happen. The money, there's no, there's no money to pay them. It's hella sketch. One in this game is one defense, guys. Uh, the the video Omar links me to show you guys. The game looks a lot better than this when he played it because this guy this guy playing must have a really shitty computer. <laughs> the graphics didn't look this bad when I, you know I I actually moved, I, I actually sweated a little as well you know uh, while mm-hmm. he was while he was sweating, and it looks a lot better than this. And uh, that, that, that's video. worth that's worth mentioning. And also, remember, it's a free game to play. You just start basically with nothing. 
But that doesn't mean you can, you're stuck with nothing. Just like Second Life, there are alternative ways to earn money in this game. Uh, such as cybering with people for money, you know? So that's sucking that virtual dick! So that's, that's always an option, guys. Don't. So if you don't want to sweat, uh, you know, just uh, sell your dignity. Pretend to be a... <laughs> pretend to be like a, you know, a woman. And then yeah. see how far that gets you. But like... What's so sketchy about this game is they always market it as like you can make money playing this game. You know, it's uh, you know, you invest in your character. You know, you buy a gun. You can like you can earn money in game. You can cash it out. Like it's it's kind of always. And in fact, in the email they sent me, they emphasized right like make sure you tell everyone you can make money playing Tropic Universe. Stress that element. You know, because they want to tell people that by playing this game you can make money. But in reality, you have to spend a lot of money in this game because nobody's gonna sweat for fifty hours for. 10 cents an hour, right? So they, in order to even get anywhere in the game, you got to put a couple hundred dollars into it to be able to buy some starting shit, right? And then you're not going to make money because nobody's making money in this game. Also, there's a few people that like own land and the power players can make some money on it. But so again, there's, they owe, there's $12 million of in-game currency and they can't actually redeem all that, right? So that part was sketch. Uh, second part that sketch is in order to actually take out your money from the game. So it, somehow, let's say you cyber really fucking well, right? You are the best cyber in the Tropic Universe. You get like a thousand dollars worth of in-game money, right? And you want to take that money out of the game, as they promised you, you can. You have to wait. Get this, uh, three months to get your money. There's a three-month waiting list to be able to withdraw your money. A waiting list. There's the the, <laughs> oh, the, the processing time. Okay. Fifty days. It's a, it's like fifty days. Like <laughs> fifty business days, man. Fifty business days. It's like what? What? Why are they holding your money for fifty days? There's no there's no processing that takes fifty days. All right. They're just trying to like uh, keep like a I don't know keep a cash keep keep a buffer going between like to keep this game going or something I don't know it's hella sketch. You know what's funny also that I'm, I'm showing a video it kind of reminded me of it. Um, you know how guys in free to play games when when like someone opens a loot box and something rare comes out it like tells the whole server like Revelation yeah. does this right mm-hmm. <laughs> and like Neverwinter. In this game, when you kill mobs, you get a, a small chance of getting a very expensive loot. And mm-hmm. it's very expensive in the, in the dollar value too, because you know you can sell it in the game uh, for for the in-game currency, and then cash that currency out by waiting three months. So, but the funny thing in this game is, if someone gets like a rare drop, it tells the whole server, so it kind of encourages people to, you know, go after that fat loot. But it's such a low chance, obviously, and it, the company knows, you know, how much how to calibrate the loot drops so they don't, you know, they'll never lose money. I think the, if you look at the Hall of Fame, I think the best like loot that dropped in game was like thirty was thirty three thousand U.S. dollars worth of loot from like wow. one monster, which is that's a lot of money, right? There is a no, there is a lot of money that changes hands in the game, right? But it's I would not recommend putting any money into a game like this. Okay, it's it's sketch with the, their financials. They might not be able to pay you out. If you want to play for fun, yeah, you can do it, right? But unless you put money into the game, you'll be you know collecting dinosaur sweat for God knows how many hours before you can do anything and collecting dinosaur sweat in this game is not is unbelievably frustrating you walk up to the dinosaur you basically click your uh your tool to get sweat and then dinosaur walks up to you and he kicks you in the face right if he misses you're good right but it takes like five seconds to gather his sweat if he kicks you in the face it cancels your sweating process you gotta do it again it's just like i, I would not wish this game on my worst enemies wouldn't do it stay away from the drop of universe cats well there it is all right well it was an interesting experience. I played this for like a couple hours. <laughs> Never again. All right. Do Never we have a again. game? Do we have a game for uh, this Friday? By the way, I was. I th- 
Hmm. What do you, what do you got? Um, I was thinking we can do Shroud of the Avatar. Perhaps it's free currently. That's true. We sh I was thinking man too, but we should do Shroud of the Avatar because it is oh, free, yeah. and we should definitely do it by the. Yeah, we know we have to do that because no, we can we can we can, we can always do. Uh, we still have until next week to do Shroud of the Avatar too, but mm -hmm. maybe Shroud makes sense because I still kind of want to play that game. So no, let's do Shroud of the Avatar only because. No, it's Richard Garriott, all right? It's, it's our boy. We, know, owe we, we, owe we owe him. We owe him. We owe him. We owe him, all right? I mean, look, he, I think he's, he's sketchy and he's a little scummy for doing his telethon bullshit. So he's asking for money, even though he's a multi-hundred millionaire or whatever he is. He's begging us for $50,000. Whatever. I don't care. You know what? He kept me entertained with Ultima Online for like over 10 years. I owe it to him to check out his game. I also want to try this game. Um, it's not an MRPG. It's uh, Dreadnought. It's an F1 beta now. Uh... Have you tried this one? I think you have, right? Yes. I don't know. Thoughts? It didn't do it for me. It, it didn't do it for, for me. It's just okay. like weird MOBA mix with like space giant, you know, using these giant ships. Uh, I don't know. I, I played a couple rounds and didn't do it for me. It, maybe maybe it'll do well. I don't know. But I think there's like two other games that were just like it as well. Forgot mm -hmm. the names of those other ones though. This trailer looks pretty sick though. Yeah, big yeah it does look pretty shit. It's another one of those games that I, I originally followed like over a year ago, maybe two years ago, right? And it just mm -hmm. now entered open beta. That's crazy, the cycle. You know, people always say like that's not an MMO, right, Dreadnought? But like if you look at the page on the game on Steam, right, they, the developers themselves literally call it an MMO. Like a lot of these games get labeled as MMOs by the, by the companies, even though, you know, People don't view them as traditional MMOs. So we're not the only ones that, you know, have a broad definition of MMOs. All right? <laughs> Actually, that reminds me, too. We had a pretty hilarious comment on MMOs.com. So I want to share that with uh, with you guys. Some guy was upset about our definition of MMO. Okay. What, what was and, his... Uh, uh... A, let, me, let me show you this. You can show on the stream. I thought it was pretty <laughs> hilarious. <laughs> Everything about it is perfect. His name is perfect, too. All right, so I guess anything qualifies as MRPG in today's world. Well, I'm off to the toilet to go put this exciting new energy called pooping. <laughs> oh, that's pretty good. That's pretty good. And he was complaining about this game if it wasn't MMO. Because I think we have we had a, a game page up for this on MMOs.com. What game? Let me see. <laughs> the game looks... <laughs> I, I don't know how this is an MMO, but even they, like, the name of the video is MRPG Gameplay Video, right? Yeah, that's true. It's, oh, guys, it's right in the name, all right? Don't don't blame us. Play, hate, hate the hate the don't hate the player. Hate the game. There you go. <laughs> Somebody said if you if, if you bring your phone with you, taking your shit counts as an MMO because you could play an MMO while taking your shit. That's true. That's good thinking there, buddy. <laughs> another another great question by by uh, Koyo Texer. Why is Warframe still in beta? <laughs> it's one of those tags that's never gonna go away. It's in beta for life, dude. What is this game, by the way? Go Ventura, New World. I literally—it's some simulation browser game. It's like it looks like some, like sim. But look, like, it's got—it's got, it's got high-level game. gameplay, guys. <laughs> Dude, they say high-level gameplay. It must be high-level gameplay. Oh, do you ever Rich Man Online? Yes, barely, but I did. That, that was a quality, quality MMO. Right? It was a—I mean, no, it wasn't really an MMO. It was like a board game. It was literally like a three-player board game. And, and they call themselves an MMO. All right. I feel like so many... Look, 
so many people start using the, the term MMO that it really did bastardize what MMOs actually are. And we kind of rode the bandwagon as well. And we kind of accept everything as MMOs now, which is pretty funny. Uh, I, got, I got a little bit of a story. All right, guess yeah. what Razor's worth. Do you know the story already? No. Razor like, raised funding uh, at, a, at, an, at a certain valuation. They raised $100 million. Uh, what are they valued at based on that? A billion dollars. Close, $2 billion. Well, yeah, they're a pretty, pretty legit company, though. I mean, yeah, they, yeah. They, they make some good shit. I don't like I still maintain their headphones suck. I bought their... I, I went to BlizzCon, and I bought... The, their $150 Razer Megadalons at BlizzCon, and they were fucking awful. And the, the one of the one of the it would always stop working. I had to plug it in and out. And after that, I never buy Razer uh, earbuds again or headphones. But they make great keyboards and great mice. All right, the Razer Death Adder. Oh yeah, you're A+. rocking. You're rocking a keyboard and mouse by Razer, aren't you? Yeah, nice. But I love their their Death Adder. All right, if you're looking for a new mouse, click on that Amazon button below and use our affiliate link on Amazon.com. And buy a Death Adder. I know I'm not crazy mouse. about the Death Adder. I'm using one right now because I'm in Turkey. But I'm I'm a bigger fan of the new, new Logitech, the Ghost or whatever Spectrum. I would never cheat on my sweet sweet Death Adder. I I wouldn't even think about using another mouse. I, I'm at the, I I'm such a really? I'm so infatuated with my mouse, right? I I just it, it's done right by me. I feel like using or trying a new mouse would be disloyal. Like try, try my mouse well, for it, a day. You're it's gonna... been good to me. This mouse has been good to me. I, I I wouldn't even dream of trying another mouse at this point. I, I can't. It's cheating. You can't cheat in your relationship, right? <laughs> Listen, I, it's, it's been so loyal, so good to me. All right. All right. <laughs> good advice. Good advice. <laughs> all right. Yeah, Death Adder. Great mouse. Razor should pay me for saying all that. Logitech G502. That, that seems another... Uh, that's one of the also really, really popular mice. Is that the one you have, Rahul? The Razer... No, G502 Logitech. No, I don't think that's the one I have. I have uh, I have the Chaos Spectrum. So the name is cool because for gamers. G900 wow, cool. Chaos Spectrum. Hmm. That's the one I got. <laughs> uh, in terms of... We, we have a big launch coming soon. I think we mentioned it last week. But BDO is headed to Steam. On May 24th. It's uh, next week. Yeah, literally next week they're launching. I think uh, it's going to do quite well. But more importantly, I think BDO is going to make so much money when they launch on consoles. I think BDO is a, a great MMORPG for consoles. That's true. I think, I think the most successful like Korean MMORPG that launched recently in the West, right, was BDO. Mm-hmm. I really wish we had some player-based numbers to kind of gauge that success. Well, we will. We will on uh, Steam finally. It also lets us gauge like how many new players will play PDO, right? And like very often you can't gauge the success of Steam launches because a lot of people play on Steam that were playing on the old client before, right? Like if a game launched on Steam, I'll stop using their shitty client and I'll use Steam. But with PDO, you know, it's only for new players. You can't if you're an old PDO player, you can't transfer your account to Steam. It's only for new people that buy the game on Steam. So we'll actually be able to get a good look at how many people are going to like how many people can Steam bring to your game. Because these are all new users. The game's been out for over a year, you know? Everyone that buys it now on Steam will be brand new users. You want to, you want to, you want to write down a prediction how many people are going to be concurrent? Uh, first, like, 24 hours, 24 20 hours. 24 hours, peak. well, I'll peak say... Number. Peak number. 24-hour peak number. Okay, I'll say yep. 15,000. 
Damn, that's a lot. It depends on the price they go with, but if it's if it's cheap, I'll say fifteen thousand. They've been on sale, I think, once for five dollars. Other times they go on sale for ten. Uh, otherwise, I think twenty is twenty was their default price for a while now. But I'm gonna say ten thousand. I'll be a little less optimistic. Okay. I mean, if they get you know, these are all new players too. The game is anyone that I feel like anyone that wanted to play BDO, a lot of people already did buy it on uh, you know off Steam and whatnot. We got some other guesses in uh, chat. Fifteen k, six k, seventy five hundred. If if it's cheap, I I own BDO right. If it's cheap, I'll honestly I'll just rebuy it on Steam, and just play. I make a new account and just kind of see what's what's changed. If it's twenty yeah, bucks, I probably won't. If it's ten, I'll I'll do it. Mm-hmm. We better Steam. I, I you just I don't think you want to split the player base anymore. I think they did a great job combining the servers and adding multiple channels. Uh, that's the model I like best. Have you know one server with many channels. Let your friends play together. That's like the most important thing you can do in an RPG. Let your friends play on the same server and with each other. I think BDO is uh, you know definitely one of the best games and RPGs that launched recently. Base game is ten euros, so eleven bucks. It doesn't go on sale from five bucks on time to time. Uh, oh, it was actually uh, Discord's like two-year anniversary recently, Omar. Uh, well, I'm actually surprised Discord is only two years old. I feel like I've been using it forever now. Well, yeah, because it's, it's it's so ingrained in your day today now, right? Uh, yes. It really came out. It really stormed uh, the scene. I feel Discord. It really invigorated. Uh, I guess gaming communication. Uh, yeah. Because you had Skype before. And there Skype were so many holdover. Like, yeah. There were so many people who didn't want to join. And I remember, I remember it took me a while to get you to use it. But now you, it's, you probably use it more than I do. <laughs> I love Discord now. Mm-hmm. I, I actually, I'm pretty much exclusively on the MMOs.com Discord channel. That's like my, my main Discord waifu. I go to one other channel, which is my, my, my free company channel for FF14. There's a bunch of cool people on there I hang out with. But mm-hmm. those are the only two channels I'm in. I'm almost always on really? the MMOs.com Discord channel, though. I'm in That's at least like, two dozen channels. <laughs> I've joined other channels just because like people will say join you know like gonna voice chat let's play this game I'll, I'll join their channel right mm-hmm. but I don't talk in anything except mm-hmm. and most Discord and my free company one and even there like there's always people to talk to it it's just it, it's it's so nice now like anytime you want to hang out with somebody and you have a nice community of people really cool dudes on mos.com Discord you, there's people there to hang out with so it, it's I love it I absolutely love it before with Skype you had to actually add people to your your list. And you had those stupid Skype groups, right? But you can only have so many people in a single group before it gets unwieldy. So it was—it mm-hmm. ne- never made sense. Like you know, God bless Discord. Uh, but where—where where is this video chat we've been talking about? Did they add that yet? I don't think so. I don't think a lot of people do use video chat though. Like the only time I ever use video chat is with you on. Uh, literally, only I only ever video chat with my own brother for these podcasts, right? Otherwise, voice chat is really all I need. I, I don't want to talk. I don't want to see my random strangers I'm talking to. All no, right. but for a lot of like, let's say, um, I guess business stuff or Discord ain't no business. But it's, it was so much easier than installing Skype because remember, Discord is a as a client, web client, so you could just drop somebody a Discord link, and you know, do your little interviews. You know, Skype interviews are a real thing now. So yes, imagine, they are. imagine you just replace that by with a, with a URL. No, here's the problem, right? You know, the, you know, you know, you you play like games with girls. Sometimes you find them like on your uh, uh, online or in your Discord chat. Like you don't want them to turn the video chat on. The moment they turn the video chat on, it ruins the illusion that they're actually attractive. All right, the mystique. The mystique. All right, there's mystique over there. When they turn it on, it's over. You know. So keep the mystique going. I don't want the video chat. All right. I don't want that shit. It's gonna ruin it. 
And you guys know I'm right, right? I don't know. I'm actually a big proponent of of the of the video. So we'll see. We'll see. I, they did say they were adding it. That's, that's another thing. It's not like I'm I'm making you know like I'm forcing them to do this or anything. So I'm I'm kind of sad it took them this long. Hopefully they they speed up in year three. <laughs> wow. I'm breaking out the brutal truth, boys. Keeping it real. Look, the mystique is where it's at. All right, just keep keep it going. And I, I don't know. I feel like a lot of game. Like, yeah, you could say the Skype interviews, right? But will you ever use it, like when you're just playing games with people? Like, yeah. no. I just you're not even, you're playing your game. You know, you're not even like when I'm in voice chat. Usually, I'm playing something with them. Or even if we're talking about random bullshit, like we don't have to like use our hands and talk to each other. We're not Italian. We don't gotta do this. We don't gotta do this. I don't know. I, it, it depends. It depends. There's one more story I have for you, Omar. All right. You were talking earlier <coughs> about, you know, I guess the future of MMORPGs. No one's mm -hmm. doing anything big. There is actually a new software uh, company that is trying to do some fun things in the virtual world Ooh. arena. Or improbable is a studio in uh, the UK, and they mm -hmm. uh, have recently uh, received $500 million in investment. And they're keeping they're keeping control, which means that was for less than half, right? Five hundred million for less than half of the company. How? How did they raise so much money? How are they so valuable? Like, who is like using their software? I'll show. I'll tell you. Okay, so if you go to their websites uh, and then go to their games section, you can see uh, what games are using uh, their product here. Featured games. Here we go. All right. So let's see. Which of these have you heard of? We got Geek Zonia. Shattered Lives, Seed, Vanished Stars. Oh, here's one. Chronicles of Illyria. Alright, so, that game may, the game that may never come out is using it. Nice. And Worlds Adrift. So those are the two okay, big I ones. I played Worlds Adrift. Look, I don't think the in Worlds Adrift, like <laughs> I feel like it's a bad game to show off because I don't know what part of Worlds Adrift uses improbable and what doesn't, right? The but server. that game was the most laggy game I've ever played in my life. And I played that game for like I, I sat down and played that for 10 hours straight, right? Like, oh, I, I played with Matt, his girlfriend. It was a fun game. We played for like 10 hours straight, but it was so laggy. I'm sure it was like not maybe Improbable's fault. It was something else. But for some reason, I still played despite the lag. So I feel like because of, because of my experience with the lag, I have like a negative view on whatever Spatial OS, whatever Spatial OS actually does. Okay, so this, this is the pitch at least, okay? They want to say they're going to use uh, cloud-based servers so you can freely stack... Uh, your single uh, instance virtual world, right? So you can have one virtual world, and that world can get bigger and bigger because as like, let's say you're an airship, right? And you're going mm -hmm. into the distance, and it procedurally generates new worlds. So as it goes, more cloud servers would turn on under your account, you know, name or whatever. Mm -hmm. And so the server size and you know the the player count can all go up without you having to do anything because the the they just turn servers on for you or something, and it all runs together to make everything persistent and wonderful. That's my that's my understanding. I I'm not getting paid five hundred million dollars, so I don't I don't know exactly if that's correct. What I just said. Uh, well, but if you read what the Chronicles of Illyria are trying to do with the game, they're saying it's. Uh, I don't think Chronicles of Illyria is going to be utilizing like you could just keep going to the distance to keep getting more random shit. You know, I don't that, think that game is doing that. No, no. What they're doing, I think, it also works for. Let's say you want to keep. Um, let's say you want to keep items you drop persistent, right? Yes. As I, as more and more items are dropped, or as the, as the environment changes, like you cut the tree down or whatever, as mm -hmm. as things that also requires more servers. So it's not just the size of the world. Anything, any time you would need more 
I guess, mm -hmm. server juice, it, it could just do that for you. So, uh, I, mean, I, I mean, if it works, it works. But like, I'm looking at their, you know, their portfolio of games, right? You have one game that's that I've actually played, uh, but the other games are all like, I'm looking at the this seed or clang, whatever that game is. These all look like browser games. Like, how how is it this game, this company's worth five hundred million dollars? Like, like, they must have like, they must be talking to like Sony. They must be talking to Microsoft. They must have deals in place to get their software in like bigger games. Because the company that backed the SoftBank, they would not throw five hundred million dollars at valuing this company over a billion dollars if they had if they didn't have like more to it. There must be something else going on in the background. I, I hopefully this makes you know game development easier. Hopefully it expands the you know what we can do with MMORPGs. I mean, it all sounds cool to me, but it's a non you know I don't think either of us fully understand what the hell they're doing. Well. We'll see. But anyway, the future, uh, I think the future is going to require somebody to figure if I don't know. I don't know if they're going to figure it out, but they need, we need somebody to figure this stuff out because mm. currently the engines like Unreal Engine, especially is just not cutting it, uh, for massively <laughs> multiplayer online games. <laughs> um, yeah, I, I played, we played Conan Exiles here. I was so excited mm. for that, but guess what? You can't have more than 20 people on a server before it lags. 20 people. I well, played, how many people can you, how many people can you have a cloud in, in, uh, in Quake Champions? <laughs> We just played Quake. I just played Quake Champions. It was uh what eight eight eight, eight, eight players, four and four is, or, or eight people. When I well. played, when I played Quake Three Arena, okay, uh, there were like there were there were private you know there were servers hosted by players right with over thirty two players like sixty four players like there was no limit really because I guess they could make it whatever they wanted until like it was just you know too crowded and it worked it functioned. It were, I was on dial up okay and I played mm -hmm. Quake Three live. With definitely over 32 players. I remember that for sure. Mm -hmm. So how is it that uh, in 2017, we're stuck with like 8, 16, 20 tops in, in the games? It's unfortunate. It's unfortunate. It's sad that the player... It, it, we, we definitely regressed on that front. Mm -hmm. But actually, on, on one thing, um, you, you can't blame... Uh, you know, before, you would say because of constant compatibility, they keep the player base numbers lower, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, Quake Champions, they said that Quake Champions is a PC-exclusive game. It wasn't meant for consoles. This is a PC-only game. Uh, yeah, even even Conan Exiles and stuff. Is that yeah. coming for console? I don't know. But anyway. I don't know. A lot of PC exclusives have, have very low player counts. Like Mirage. What was that awful mm -hmm. game? They have, they have like a third of the players that uh, Chivalry has from like God knows how many years ago. Mm-hmm. Oh, man. Did that no game also, speaking of like player base drop on Steam, I've never seen something quite like Mirage. People drop off so quickly on that game. It was a yeah, you know, very quickly dropped off. I I am not optimistic on Mirage. There you go. So we do need mm -hmm. we need somebody. I don't know if uh, Special OS is a company. Maybe they are. They got five hundred million to figure it out now. So <laughs> maybe they can do it. Who knows? Oh, we should mention too that uh, the the Secret World Legends is being delayed on Steam till uh, July. It looks like. Uh oh, do you think it's because yeah, of BDO? Hundred percent. They actually said it because of crowded market conditions. There's multiple <laughs> MO releases in May slash June on Steam, and I believe that delay is exclusively for uh, the Steam version is being delayed till July thirty first. The regular uh, it should still launch on June twenty sixth, I believe. I guess on their own website. But yeah, it, it's a crowded it. launch mm -hmm. because of you know you got you got BDO coming out, you got ESO's Borrowing expansion, 
and Final Fantasy XIV's uh, Stormblood. So you have some pretty massive releases. I mean, it's going to be a big month in June for existing and more RPGs. Uh, I think ESO, FF14, Guild Wars 2, and World of Warcraft are the best MMORPGs out right now, like the best Western MMORPGs out now. If you take out WoW for being older, you, you like those four games that are still like really relevant and worth playing. If you haven't played those games, you're looking for a new MMORPG to play, check those four, game, four games, three, Which, four games out. What, what were they again? Uh, Elder Scrolls Online, Guild Wars 2, Final Fantasy XIV. Or for the last uh, time, three games. Final Fantasy XIV is not a Western game. Oh, yeah, you're right. <laughs> you always keep that. Fine. Those are the. I think those are the only big MMORPGs uh, worth playing right now. If you're looking for like, a, if you want to commit to a serious MMORPG, those uh, those three games still have a lot of uh, a lot of potential, a lot of fun stuff to get. Uh, Secret World Legends is free. Master SG 2013. All the story stuff is free as well. Whereas in uh, the first Secret World game, you had to buy all that content. But yeah, it's a free action-oriented combat game. You know what's hilarious? How how quickly Funcom is running away from the MMORPG label. Mm -hmm. They they got a the Funcom was made with MMORPGs. Okay, their first game was um, Anarchy Online. It's actually still running. Um, but and the Secret World launched as an MMORPG, right? But now they they kind of relabeled themselves a, a shared world action RPG. What does that mean? Shared world? It's just massively multiplayer. Why do you gotta? Why do they have to change the genre name, you know? It's, it's almost like Destiny, not wanting to use uh, the MMO term either, you mm -hmm. know? Uh, there's, there, is some, there must be some stigma on that. I yep. think people kind of assume all MMOs are going to be flops because of the countless, you know, Chinese and Korean games that did launch. Yeah. All right, well, we are at our time limit, boys. Mm -hmm. So we shall move on to the post game here on Twitch. Uh, if you're watching on YouTube... That's it for you. Uh, try to check us live on Tuesdays at 4 p.m. PST. And make sure to click on our Amazon affiliate link and buy tons of shit. Yes. Thanks, guys. Give us <laughs> money. All right. Take it, take it take easy, guys. Take care, YouTube.